Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. No, 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 no. I was going to say something really funny, but I decided not to. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Hello. Hello. Now, we started last week's podcast by talking about this new technology that you were incorporating into your life, which is a sat-nav GPS system called Waze. And when you set off last week, you shared with me a link so that I could track your progress. Yes. And I was very excited this morning to see that you'd done the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Until I clicked on the link. Oh. And then it just had a map of Liechtenstein. And it said... (gasps) Annabelle is sharing a drive, <laughs> waiting for Annabelle to start driving. So my question is, is did, did you travel here from Liechtenstein this morning? I did. I didn't want to say, but yeah, what? That I'm, is sh- I'm so showing cool. Annabelle a screenshot of what I saw. That is very, no, I, yeah, I did come from Liechtenstein, yeah. Well, you made t- good time. It took me half an hour. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, I was going to start by telling you something that happened to me yesterday. Okay. So we had our, um, our, our friend Louis over for lunch. Now, something I'm not proud of is that in my marriage, like a lot of men, I treat my wife like a social secretary. Okay. And I know I think it's awful to conform to gender stereotypes like this, but it just is the case. So she sorts out all your kind of weekend. Yeah. So so Louis will say, "Oh, um, do you two fancy hanging out?" And I'll say, "Oh yes, yeah, Sarah'll um, sort of date, date out uh, okay. as if she's my PA, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is isn't great." No, well, <laughs> and I sort of put it down to me being. A very disorganised person. Except when you need to be organised and you're so on it, it's unbelievable. <laughs> but carry on. <laughs> shh. Exactly, shush, yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, so, so anyway, so she arranged with Louis and her boyfriend uh, that they would come over for lunch yesterday, um, which they did. Now, the the detail that I missed out on in all this mm. was she didn't arrange for Louis and her boyfriend to come for lunch. She arranged for Louis and her new boyfriend to come for lunch. Oh, okay. Now, I think anybody who's listened to the podcast for, for any length of time will know that I am so bad with faces. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Right. That I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm on the spectrum of face blindness, prosopagnosia. Yeah. So Louis turns up yesterday oh, yeah. with some guy. Yeah. And I do sort of think in my head, oh, he doesn't kind of look like I remembered him too, I don't think, but mm-hmm. um, I, I'm just going to go with it anyway. Yeah. So he walks in and instead of saying, hi, I'm Jeff, nice to meet you, I go, oh, hey, how are you? And he goes, he's a bit taken aback at this point. He yeah. goes, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm well, thank you. I go, 
God, it's been a long time. Oh, God, no. <laughs> and then, uh, then, then I realised, and so the penny sort of drops that I'm talking to somebody that I haven't dropped, uh, talked to before. Uh, so I, uh, it's been, been a long time. And what I want to say is... I, th- I think actually, I think actually, it's been forever. It's been forever, hasn't it? I've never seen. That's right. It's been such a long time. It's. It, I mean, I was thinking that maybe it was, you know, pre-memory when I was a toddler. But actually, right. as it turns out, I've I've oh. never, never met you before. So you're playing it crazy professor style, like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and did you get away with it? No, of course not. No, no, no. not really. No, oh. it was uh, yet yet a, yet another signal from the world from the universe a signal from the universe that really it's it's not that i shouldn't be getting my wife to arrange social engagements for me it's mm. that i shouldn't be engaging <laughs> with anybody socially excuse me do you have any wood jeff lloyd and annabelle port adrift Ooh, i'm in the stream so i'm now to delve into your correspondence how is the postbag looking this week annabelle bulging. Bulging. Yeah. um so if you haven't yet shared your story please do hello at adriftpodcast.com and who's the first one from it's from jeff lord from grinsby the similarly named he's jeff not lord. it's not you kind of like trying to write in with your story. <laughs> it's very similar is he a g jeff uh he is a g jeff good on him yeah jeff lord okay he writes a few years ago i was waiting in the line at my local little supermarket i had a massive trolley full of groceries and there were three or four people in front of me in the queue after waiting for 10 minutes or so i was second and getting more and more impatient because i am so impatient and i hate queuing then the person in front of me decided to buy some fireworks which led to a massive phase of negotiation between the customer the manager and the checkout assistant At this point, I was beyond enraged because I've been waiting for so long and the line I should have joined had already gone through. So I threw my arm in the air and said in a very loud theatrical voice, this is intolerable. You should not treat your customers this way. Then abandoned my trolley and flounced out. On reaching my car, I went for my keys. Oh no, oh no. (laughs) And realised my car keys were slotted into the coin slot in my trolley. I then had to decide walk home, break into my house, then get a new car key for 100 quid or walk back in and ask for my keys back. It was a very close call. I walked back in where 20 people were looking at me with a mixture of pity and contempt on their faces and I asked in a very small voice for my keys back. I have never gone back. I even find it difficult to drive past. Oh, Joe. Oh, that's one of the greatest. (laughs) Okay, from Alex. I'm a store assistant at a well-known supermarket and was working on the tills, happily chatting to the customers as they came through. One customer bagged his items and realised he'd left his debit card in the car. Oh, I'll be with you in just a minute, he said. I looked at my growing queue and replied, you better run, go, go, I'm timing you, and laughed. (laughs) Until he started limping away, holding one leg that was decidedly short on the other, so much that he rocked when he walked. I wanted to die. Uh. And finally, this is from Distinguished Lord, One-Armed Freddy. Like 70% of people born after 1979, I work in computers. And a few years ago, the IT manager for one of our customers met me at their new Manchester office to discuss installing a new system. He was quite high up in the company, but liked to show face in the region, so I wasn't palmed off on a subordinate. He started out by offering to make me a coffee, a task well below his station, but one he took up with enthusiasm. How do you take it, he asked, scoring high for efficiency, but low for originality. 
I had recently weaned myself <laughs> off sugar in beverages and wasn't yet sure how to respond. Milk and one had been my previous go-to and it served me well. So I'd started to build a mental list of ways to explain my preferred configuration. I plucked one at random and tried out, just milk thanks. Now, the important thing is that we both learn from what follows. And I'm not trying to apportion blame. However, I do maintain that just milk is clear enough that the next few minutes could have been avoided. <laughs> Perhaps you could conduct a straw poll between the two of you to discuss what you would infer from this request. For me, I would say it would be the coffee with just milk, no sugar. You, Jeff? Uh, yeah, the same. Yeah, yeah. The same. Okay. My host looked a little perplexed, but Julie located two mugs and boiled the kettle. He spooned out the coffee granules as if he'd done it a thousand times before, which, to be fair, he probably had. As the kettle boiled, he poured a splash of milk into his mug. Then he hesitated as he looked at mine. The confusion of my apparently ambiguous request for just milk was about to manifest itself. <laughs> my host poured a splash of milk into my mug. Then he poured another splash. <laughs> Okay, I thought, quite a milky coffee, but that'll be fine. My host then looked from the milk to my mug and back again. <laughs> As if he couldn't believe what he was about to do. That's right. He filled it to the brim. My coffee with just milk. My host was now confused. Some level of realisation of what he'd done must have been reached because he looked pointedly at the boiling kettle. This couldn't be right. <laughs> The coffee with just milk was cold. He didn't become IT manager for nothing. He was resourceful. He was technological. He reached for the microwave. <laughs> Throughout this procedure, I looked on horrified and dumbfounded. I felt guilty, even though my only crimes were assuming some level of common sense and not intervening with a helpful, what on earth are you doing? <laughs> I avoided eye contact while my host microwaved my coffee for 30 seconds, then took it out and touched the mug not hot. Back it went for another 30 <laughs> agonising seconds. Should I intervene now? Had I missed my chance? Ugh. After the second 30 seconds didn't result in a boiling hot drink, I definitely had. After four attempts, my host deemed that my coffee was sufficiently warm that it could be handed over. But, oh no, a problem. I don't know if you've ever tried to dissolve coffee granules in lukewarm milk. <laughs> Hang on, yes I do. You haven't tried it because it's not possible. He stirred it around. <laughs> he stirred it around for a minute while I looked out of the window and wondered if I could escape through it. Eventually, enough of the granules had dissolved to make the milk slightly brown, so he handed it to me. I thanked him and sipped it tentatively whilst trying to simultaneously look appreciative and, av and avoid getting too many of the bitter, slimy granules stuck to my teeth. <laughs> The only comfort I can draw from this scene is that somehow is that however uncomfortable and guilty I felt at making my host carry out this ludicrous charade, <laughs> he did also seem to feel guilty about his actions and disappeared to the toilet for long enough for me to dispose of the terrible milkshake <laughs> down the sink and run the tap to remove all trace. I now ask for it black. <laughs> Isn't that technically a cafe latte? <laughs> um, you know your coffee. I mean, you've, you've given it up. But. Yeah, if you if you get the milk hot enough and you pour it into pre-dissolved granules, <laughs> or what you'd normally do is have the like the coffee from the machine, that would technically be a latte. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Mm. Uh, we'd love to hear from you if you have a similar 
story of an interaction which even now you replay it in your mind and you just want to curl up into the fetal position uh, you can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com it's the person that sometimes get in touch with you but then you don't talk to them very often because you're just like busy and it's not that you don't like them it's just that you don't like them that much so you just kind of lose touch and uh, go adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't it time for part four of ways in which you're not a fully functioning adult? You're quite right, part four, which oh. is work. <laughs> so if you'd met me when I was between the ages of, I'd say, about 10 and 13, you'd have said to yourself, we have got ourselves here, the next Lord Alan Sugar. <laughs> I, I was one step away from selling car aerials out the back of a van like the great Lord himself. <laughs> I was relentless. Like, obviously, I've spoken before about my paper round. Um, I also used the money from that to start up a car washing business with my friend Tessa. We invested in a sponge, a bucket and a chamois leather. How did I even know what a chamois leather was at 11? Like, I'm not even entirely sure what one is now. I've certainly never owned one since. Like, like what 11-year-old owns a chamois leather? I'll tell you who, me. I'd also make my friends go carol singing for money at Christmas. And I don't mean singing in the street. I mean going door to door, knocking on people's doors and then singing at them uninvited. <laughs> Who was I? Like, who was this person? <laughs> I don't think that having carol singers at your door was even nice before the time of gramophones, like before you even could have music in your homes. I, I can't believe it was even nice then. Oh, me and my friend Sally once made little cups out of tin foil and tried to get the quirky gift shop bazaar in South End to take 12 units. <laughs> and these little cups were about the size of, I don't know, half, half a finger. So they're only really suitable for a mouse to drink out of. And also... They were made of tin foil, so not really suitable for anything to drink out of. <laughs> and then, of course, I had my paper round, which I started from the illegal age of 12. Um, and then I went to work in the newsagents on the till and stacking shelves all day Saturday and Sunday mornings. I did love my paper round, though, up at 6.30, Monday to Friday, then at 7 on Saturdays, and then a line on Sundays at 7.30. I only ever gave it up when I was 18 because my mum offered to pay me the equivalent money because she said she wanted me to concentrate on my (laughs) A-levels. But looking back, I think she was embarrassed of me, this, like, 18-year-old paper girl. And I have to say that it wasn't so great when the weather was bad. And there was one time when the snow was really terrible. It took me ages to do my paper round. And as a result, I was really late for school. And the teacher asked me why. And I said, because of the snow. And she said, well, everyone else made it in on time. And I was pretty fed up by this point. And I shouted, I've been working. Like I've been up chimneys since 2am, then scrubs and grates, done a bit of rat catching, scared some birds from a field, paid some pockets, done a few hours in the textile mill, followed by a stint at the match factory and then finished with a bout of prostitution. Which is kind of how she took it. She went, oh, okay, sit down then. I think I got it from my dad because he always had some kind of money-making sideline going on, like aside from his like normal job. And the one that I remember the most was his garden gnome painting business. <laughs> You've never told me I about must this. have done. So he got them in, so he got them in unpainted, just sort of the plaster, the plain plaster gnome. And then he made me and my sister paint them, which <laughs> we did badly because first of all, we were at 10 and 12 and also neither of us are in any way artistic and we painted them and then he took them round to garden centres to sell them <laughs> so that was his garden gnome painting business and the big question to me now is like what went wrong like where are all my sidelines and my main lines well don't worry as I really think the adrift pencils are going to revive all that more on that soon computer sounds 
are awesome. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Adrift. Our appetite has been wet then, Annabelle. Mm-hmm. How has the market research on the Adrift pencils gone? I'm very pleased with it. I feel, I feel, I feel green lit. I think we should go ahead and do it. So we set a target, yeah, which was if we received twenty email messages, yeah, saying that they they would be up for buying pencils, mm-hmm. then we would go ahead and, and invest money in these. Um, I don't want to use the word overpriced at this stage. No, no, I think that's the wrong word. I think boutique, boutique yeah. <laughs> pencils. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so how has it gone then? Like, did you, did you hit the twenty target? Okay. I don't know why I say you. <laughs> <laughs> washing my hands of it. Yeah, very wise. Yeah. Not only did we hit the target. We more than doubled it. And when I say more than, I mean like by one or two. (laughs) (laughs) I feel that that's really great. We should definitely do it. Because the more people that say they want it, the cheaper I can get them. And what kind of things are people saying when they respond to the market research about the pencils? Great enthusiasm. I've got a bit of feedback, actually. Let me just get my notes up. We're done. Okay, I did it. Yeah, here we go. Pencil suggestions. Uh, the loop people called Lucy have been really pulling the weight in terms of suggestions. Lucy Adams says one of them could have written on it Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic in Problematic. That we could get one of those big bendy pencils that we used to <laughs> yeah. get. We, I think it's 25 characters per pencil, so right. maybe we could shorten that. Yes. Um, oh, Lucy Waring suggests maybe a discount for patrons. That's something I could look. Oh, in. yeah, I could yeah. look into that. I could definitely look into that. And uh, Tom Trigg says, as a carpenter, I really get through them, so he's very keen. And from a purely selfish point of view, two H are the best. Now, uh, unfortunately, I've done a bit of research. We can only get two B, but I thought two B were pretty good. What do I use generally? Two B is like what you had to have at school, wasn't it? Two B. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 What were H B? Oh. I think you're right. It was HB, wasn't it? Yeah. Who can remember? (laughs) Well, I just did. (laughs) (laughs) Let's not dwell on the type of pencil. It's boutique. That's all we're going to say. There was a DJ on Radio 1 in the 90s, I think, when sort of rave was a big thing called Sarah HB. But the HB wasn't like an HB pencil. It was like Sarah Hardcore Bitch. Jeff. Well, that's, that was what her name yeah, was. But she abbreviated it for a reason. <laughs> Bad language. So I've been in contact with the company. Yes. And I'm very happy with how they responded. They responded very quickly. So okay. that's good. Um, and they can do me uh, the pencils and I can I can do six different colours and six different designs Ooh. for uh, for the package price. So the more people want them, the cheaper I can do them. But we're looking <laughs> ballpark 750 Ballpark. No, okay, hold on. Hang on a minute. No, ballpark. So we asked people <laughs> no. to email in if they would pay. Some people, this. someone said they'd pay up to a £10. I, I'm looking at six between 650 and 750 depending on postage. Unfortunately, a lot of people emailed in from abroad and that is going to push the price a bit higher. <laughs> so I'm just warning people of that now. Okay. Um, well, well, was it a spread of people abroad or could we send them to Lynn Barron and then she could distribute them for us? This is my mother-in-law in Chicago. Was it people in North America? Did she was want it? a cut? I don't know. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's looking really, it's looking very, very positive. I don't want to, I'm nervous of saying it, but I think it's going to happen. What's the lead time on the pencils? Uh, I think I can get them in 10 days or something. Sorry, I meant what's the lead time? How long does the lead last for? <laughs> <laughs> So what I might do is yeah. maybe I'll mock up some kind of picture of how they'll look. Oh, no. What? What's wrong? It's going to look like one of your painted garden yeah. gnomes, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, true. I'm not quite sure how to proceed then. Maybe I will... Do I will... you need to knock up a picture? Don't we just decide what's written on the pencils and then they do that? Yeah, that's true. Okay, okay. I think people can 
I think pe- people can, and I'm not a great visualizer, mm. but I think people sort of understand what a pencil looks like. Yeah. And then if you say it's going to be a pencil in these different colours. With a rubber on the end. With a rubber on the end. With these things written on it. Yeah. But we need to decide what the writing is. We can have gold or silver and two other options that I've forgotten, maybe white and black. I was thinking gold. What do you think? Hmm. Mm. I mean, well, I've put my Narina pencils yeah, away. What yeah. colour does she have on I think hers? Maybe hers were going, not sure. Yeah. yeah. We'll do whatever she did. Okay. <laughs> That's my general plan. Um, so, yeah, we just need to decide what goes on them now. Okay. Well, yeah. suggestions, please. Yeah. If uh, you want to get in touch with us. I was going to, uh, I almost gave out the Adrift Podcast Twitter. Have we got one? Well, we have, but I don't think we've used it since the week we'd started the podcast. Uh. So I can't quite remember what it is. No, I don't know. Adrift pod? Maybe. No, but, anyway. but even if we correctly remember it, neither True. of us are checking no, it. So. No, no, yeah, you're quite right. You're quite right. <laughs> so so you could either tweet Annabelle or myself. Yeah. Or you could go to our Facebook page. Yeah. Uh, which is facebook.com stroke happy, 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 mm-hmm. I think. Uh, or you can email us, hello, at adriftpodcast.com. When you were younger, this show was just getting going. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port, with you now in your old age. We went to the cinema on Saturday, and just in case you're thinking, look at you, Jeff, you've you've got a kid, but it's not letting you, uh, it's, it's not getting in the way of you getting out there like a young thing, experiencing some culture. We went to toddler cinema on Saturday morning. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, which, which we do from time to time. In fact, so do from time to time. We do it most weeks. And usually what it is is some animated film. This week, it was like four or five episodes of something off CBeebies, the baby's BBC channel, back-to-back. And it wasn't even one of the... You could have a lot of good things on that channel, but it wasn't one of them. It was something quite dull. at home. Yeah, I know, I know. And it was, you know, it dragged on. Because <laughs> oh. usually if it's a film, even if it's a kid's film, you can kind of get invested in it yeah yeah sort of several episodes of something specifically aimed at under threes or whatever mm. isn't, isn't that's just what i do every morning know, from 6 a.m anyway i know yeah. but you're paying for the privilege mm. um anyway the the reason i mention this is my wife a couple of times during this uh cinematic experience got her phone out and checked it okay carry on <laughs> Now, I am of the firm belief mm. that you don't get your phone out in the cinema. It's toddler cinema. Well, th- this this was her point. She yeah. says it's toddler cinema. She also said we were sitting on the front row, because Jean likes to be near the screen, and we were slumped down, so nobody would have been able to see it. But my point is, there are people in that, in that cinema, the fellow patrons, cinema goers, who perhaps aren't as good at the rules as you are Mm. and what you're doing is setting a bad example (laughs) i think it's all or nothing i think you know like so many rules in life yes you can sort of bend them and think well it doesn't apply to me Mm. but uh if, if the trouble is everything comes crumbling down around you if you just start pulling at those threads society is built and mixing my metaphors here but it's like one brick in the foundation you take it away and maybe the whole thing caves in on itself okay okay so whilst i agree that it's not really upsetting anyone if you have a quick look at your email a, mm. a sneaky look at your email mm. whilst kids are watching a film at the pictures i think that rule of not getting your phone out of the pictures is a very important one and you're blurring the lines okay Am I right? 
I find out in this week's The Incident. For advice on this, I phoned my friend Nick Duncalf, who is an excellent broadcaster and has spent much of his career as a film reviewer. There are lots of mitigating factors, but it depends on whether you just see these rules as hard and fast or whether they're flexible. And if they are flexible, then then where... You know, where does a does a flexible rule be? When does it stop being flexed and starts being broken? So, I don't. I don't even like the idea of a flexible rule. A rule is a rule is a rule. Well, this is the point, isn't it? This is this is what this is what I think. This is what I think. But I had this conversation with Catherine, my wife, and so obviously, this Sarah and Catherine are going to think more alike. Not because they're women and we're men, but just because that's the nature of uh, you know. Where maybe weren't but both quite similar and they're both quite similar. Yes. But she said that she said the same thing. She said it depends what they were watching. I said, why does it depend what they're watching? She said, Well, if it was some, you know, toddler thing, if it was just some you know, something that the adults are basically never gonna be engaged in or interested in, then I think it's okay. Well, and I would imagine Sarah would make that point. Sarah has made that point. Yes. But you, she she wasn't. Were you there as well? I was, yes, yes. So the two of you were not really there to watch Tree Foo Tom or, <laughs> you know, whatever it was. that you. What was it, by the way? Come it was, on, it was four episodes of School of Roars back to back. Right, okay. So, yes, you're not, you weren't there to go, wow, I can't wait to see these four episodes of School of Roars. <laughs> no. So Sarah's point is, if we're not watching the film and we're just being here because we want to do something as a family, then I'm entitled to check my phone. But has she checked with everybody else in the cinema that they're on the same page as uh, that she's on? No, no, she she did no kind of market research. She <laughs> she she didn't stand up before the film and say, "Can I have your attention, please?" Are we the, all the, checking the, phones? The, or the, none, there was none, none of that. Phones. No consensus was reached. Did. How many people were there? Was it busy? Upwards of 40. Were there people in your immediate environs? No, we were alone on the front row. So again, Sarah's point would be that she was distracting no one. That would be her point, yes. Was she, because this is another thing that Catherine said, uh, is that she said, you know, she might check her phone, but like... Down, down at hip level. Yes, yeah, it was, it was, it was a very discreet check. Although, of course, what that means is, to me, that body language says, "I know I shouldn't be doing this." <laughs> yes, but I can't help myself. Yes. So there's another kind of sort of what are we teaching our toddler here point as well, isn't there? <laughs> which is, which is, we're telling you all the time, don't do this, don't touch that, it's hot. You know, uh, come over here and wash your hands before you eat your dinner. But then when we're saying we don't look at phones in the cinema and and when uh, your son has, has presumably watched that thing on screen saying, turn your phones off, next minute he's seeing mommy yes. not only checking her phone, but also checking her phone in a way that is quite easy to read as a, I know I'm not, she's, she's sort of saying that she's she saying, I know I'm should. a miscreant. Yeah. I mean, I know that what she would say is, well, I'm trying to be considerate to those around me. But I would say if you were being that considerate to those around you, that phone would stay in your pocket. 
but I think I think also to be a bit uh, you know psychologically penetrating about this, <laughs> isn't this also revealing about the relationship that you're in, and maybe even the relationship that I'm in? That we both need to be with rule breakers just to flex us up a bit because we're both a bit uptight about these things. But Sarah, I mean, Sarah doesn't consider herself a rule breaker. She considers herself a rule follower. I think the the question she would always ask uh, if if it comes to breaking a rule is. She would ask, "Would it be a problem if everybody broke this rule?" Yeah, and well, she's in which case, checking your phone. Yes, it would. Exactly. The bottom line is, you can't check your phone at the cinema. You just, you just shouldn't, uh, because if if you say, "Well, I'm not engaged in this film," then the thin end of the wedge is that you go see. Then, then you wait till uh, your son is like ten or whatever, and you take him to see a superhero movie, and then you say, "I don't like superhero movies. I'm going to check my phone." Yeah. Next thing you know, it's like, you know what? I'm not that interested in Schindler's List. I'm going to check my phone. Yes. And that and it, nobody's going to say that's okay. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. mintmobile.com/switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month, unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month, face lower speeds, videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after 6 months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. If you're insightful and aligned, with this vision, you might be ready for the next phase. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port, Adrift. We received an email a while ago from Tony who said, um, I was a Patreon supporter, but Jeff has thrown in too many Uber endorsements. So as a black cabbie who tries not to be a hypocrite, I'm saying goodbye. Best of luck missing you already, Tony, which I, f- I feel you know bad about. I don't want to upset anybody, and uh, it-, it bothers me if we lose a listener. Mm. And I don't know that I've necessarily done uber endorsements i've just said that i use it Mm. now here's the truth of the matter is i also use black cabs quite a lot but i tend to have you know uh, funnier or more awkward interactions in an uber largely because of this rating system yes where you have to rate the driver at the end of the journey and they have to rate you and the neuroses that 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 stirs up in me um so you know, I, I feel bad, but I do, I do use it. Like I think a lot of people do. I try to use both. Uh, it's easier to get an Uber where I live than it is to get a black cab. There often aren't that many in the area. Blah blah blah. But you know, and also, it's uh, we we all we all use companies where the ethics aren't great, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, we all shop at places which maybe like aren't great with the amount of tax that they pay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or that uh, you know don't have great labour practices always. You can try your best, mm. but sometimes you're just lazy and it's about convenience, right? Yeah, it's always yeah. just about convenience. And and, for, and, in, and even if I really, you know, tried my best and only shopped at independent shops run by one person who was just trying to, you know, get a local business going, they might be an arsehole for all I know, <laughs> that person. They might be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They might have a terrible drug habit, so you're giving them money that goes into the drug industry. You don't know. I don't, yeah. just, you just don't know. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I pre- you know, I appreciate you writing in Tony, and not that he'll ever hear this because he's, mm. he's turned off. But, mm. but anyway, but some good news for Tony yeah. 
is that I dropped my phone last week. Oh, right. And it smashed. Uh, so I had to get a new one. Yeah. Because it's it didn't wasn't just the screen, um, all these sort of weird lights started appearing, and uh, blah, blah. Yeah. so I had to uh, had to get a new phone. Yeah. And anyway, my when I reinstalled the Uber app, I couldn't remember the password, oh. and the email address that it was linked to, yeah, doesn't exist anymore. I used to get my email from this provider that closed down, oh. so I've got no way of retrieving the account. So you had to set up a new one. Well, so I have set up a new one. Yeah. But I can't use it. Why? Because when you set up a new account, your rating is five stars. <laughs> and you can't bear to have that spoiled. Yeah. No. Yeah. You just want to keep it like sort of an unopened present on Christmas Day. Exactly. All yeah, pristine yeah. and beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if I'll ever use Uber <laughs> again. So the message really is come back, Tony. <laughs> yeah. Drift to Floyd and Annabelle Port. Drift. Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic then, in Problematic. Okay. And all the rest of the stuff that you couldn't fit on a pencil. Exactly, yeah. Okay, the first one is from Julia, who is a Latvian listener living in the Netherlands. I work in an office, and a while ago, a very chatty and friendly colleague joined our team. I'm also a very friendly and chatty person, so we get along well, but only as new colleagues. During one of our first coffee breaks, he was showing something on Facebook on his phone and then also sent me an invite, which, pushed by the circumstances, I accepted on the spot too. A side note, I do not use Facebook extensively. A few hours or days, I don't remember later, I was still fully uncomfortable about having a new colleague that I wasn't very friendly with on Facebook. So I unfriended him, hoping that he will not notice as, you know, not that close anyway. Over the last year, though, we became relatively good friends. But up until today, I haven't gotten the courage to admit to the Facebook situation. I also haven't invited him back since then he would know I deleted him from the friend list back then. Until this day, he sometimes asks if I've seen his latest photo or post, to which I respond with a shy, oh, oh no, I haven't, and quickly change the topic. Not that it matters much, but in case you're wondering, or if it helps the discussion, I am female, my colleague is male. It's kind of awkward, isn't it? It is awkward. So uh, you could delete your Facebook account. Oh, fairly extreme. You could say that your Facebook was hacked. And you've had to make a new one. I had to make a new one, right? Okay. No, no. I mean, what? This is what I mean. Delete yeah. your Facebook account yeah, and yeah. set up a whole new one. Okay, okay. And then add, add him from that. Yeah, yeah. What about? And I think this does happen. People sometimes say, or maybe they're just saying it because of this reason. They sometimes say, for some reason, like my Facebook is like sort of is like unfriended people. You say, hold on. Oh, so you're weird. saying you've been on the other end of this? Is what you're saying? <laughs> If somebody has ever said that yeah, to you, then, then this is really exactly happened, what's happened. They've yeah. unfriended me. But she could be looking at her phone and go, oh, this is weird. You're not, you're not actually, I don't, for some reason, you're not on this anymore. Let, let me just quickly add you again. Yeah, I, th- I think that's the thing to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just make out there's been some kind of technical yeah. glitch. Oh, that's weird. That's weird. We're not friends on Facebook anymore. What? I thought I hadn't seen a post for a while. That's weird. Accuse him of defriending you. Did you defriend me? Yes. Yeah. This is brilliant. Turn it onto so him. Put the awkwardness onto and, him. And, yeah, and then yeah, eventually, yeah. and then could it be like the sort of really like, oh, maybe it's just a technical thing. I'm sure it wasn't you. Exactly. And you got it. Love it. Okay. okay. Well, that was very quickly dealt yeah, with. Yeah. Yeah. Very. Uh, nice of you listening there in the in the Netherlands, Nederlander. Yeah. yeah. Julia. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's move on to Stuart. Have you been to Latvia? I haven't, no, I would love to. It's the sort of place that, where you, you used to go off on your own. 
Mm, no, I've not been there. I'd like to, but I haven't. We used to go to Sweden, Annabelle and I, quite often in the mm. summer, and then you'd go off on your own little adventure. You'd get on a ferry mm. and go off somewhere. Yeah. Did you go to Estonia once? I, I went to that weird little island between Finland and Sweden. What's Oland. it called? Oland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I went yeah. there. And I was in a restaurant in my own because it was out of season. And so there was nobody around. And the next night, the night I was leaving, they were having an Elvis impersonator in. And I thought, imagine if it was just me on my own again and an Elvis impersonator, how amazing <laughs> and awful that would be at the same time. Oh. Okay, let's go on to Stuart. I give guitar lessons on an evening and very recently I was leaving a lesson in a housing estate near me. It was dark and as I walked back to my car, I heard a voice calling me. What? Who do I know here? I haven't got very good eyesight. I had my eyes lasered a few years back, but it didn't seem to make them any better. It changed my vision, but not for the better or worse. Like changing from an old car with problems to a different old car with different problems. It cost me a few thousand pounds and I should have said something at the time, but I didn't want to make a fuss, so I told them everything was fine. They told me I had excellent vision, but I'm not sure how they could ever know this because they were looking through their own eyes. (laughs) Anyway, with guitar in hand, I wandered over to where the voice was coming from. There, stood outside a house, was a suspicious-looking man in a hat. Oh, I thought it was you, he said. I still had no idea who it was, but politely replied, Oh, hi, and wandered closer to find out if we actually did know each other. After a bit of squinting, it turned out to be a guy who catches the same train as me of a morning. I've never spoken to him before or even made eye contact, so why now did he want to strike up a conversation? Give the fact that I was walking around carrying an acoustic guitar in the dark, I felt the need to explain what I was doing. This turned out to be a mistake. His eyes lit up and alas, he too was learning guitar. He told me excitedly about his guitar collection and how he makes his own valve amps. He then invited me into his house to show me. I had no choice but to go into a stranger's house, even though I wanted to go home to my shepherd's pie. He showed me his guitars. They were okay, but what did he want me to say? (laughs) I told him I was in a band, then immediately regretted this, thinking he may ask to join. He didn't, thankfully, or at least not directly. He said things like, oh, being in a band must be great, and "Mm, I'd love to be in a band. I can't remember my reply, but I probably told him it wasn't all it cracked up to be, and an evening baking would probably be more fun. This show-and-tell ordeal seemed to last forever, not helped in the slightest by his dog humping my leg. Apparently he does this all the time, but this didn't make me feel any more comfortable. Finally, I got out. But I was dreading meeting John the next morning. That's not his real name. He did tell me, but I'd forgotten it in the panic. The next morning, there he was. Hi, Stuart, he beamed. Hi, mate, I replied, trying desperately to remember his name. What a mess. Could I go on like this using generic <laughs> chummy names instead of his actual name? Worse still, as lovely as he was, he was also very, very boring. On a morning on the train to work, I don't want to chat. I want to sit alone and read my book. If I sit with him, I'm then forced to talk. If I don't, he'll think me rude. Now, that would be bad enough, but it gets worse. The following weekend, I was in Aldi and I saw a woman who I recognised. Not enough to know her, but enough to know of her. I said hi sheepishly and so did she. I didn't know where I knew her from at first, but then it dawned on me she also catches the aforementioned train. On the train the following week, the same woman sees me getting off and says hello again and explains that she didn't know where she knew me from, but then it clicked. We got talking and it turns out she's actually really funny. The next day, she sits next to me and we end up chatting and she continues to be very witty and easy to talk to, unlike John. And that's when I spot John looking at me, glaring. 
I'm sure he's annoyed. He's one of those people who has an annoyed resting face, but he's looking even more annoyed. Why am I talking to her and not him? Didn't he want to be my friend first? What do I do? Catch a different train? Ignore them all? Change jobs? Any drift for advice would be very welcome. Oh, this is difficult, isn't it? It took a lot of twists and turns. Didn't it? I mean, I don't know where to start. It is very hard. I mean, you need to form an alliance against John with this woman. You need to turn her against John as well. My heart's breaking for John. Yeah, I know, but you don't want to be the... My heart breaks for John a little bit. He's the outsider. My mum used to say to me, you shouldn't play in threes. It's good advice for life. Usually because I was always the one who would get left out. Okay. Have an alliance formed against me. Yeah. It's very hard. It is. This is what comes... From chatting to people you don't know very well. Don't do it because you don't know what they're going to be like. Just just ignore them. But the it's trouble is, no, I know, but here's, here's the trouble. It's the fledgling relationship with his new friend. Mm. That is, like, how do you deal with this without jeopardising that? Usually my advice would be get a different train, sit in a different part of the train, mm. all, all the sort of classic yeah, yeah. drifter ways of dealing with this, i.e. avoidance. But the lady has complicated this a lot because he does want to be friends with her. Yes. So you need to sort of, you need to confess to her what? the but, situation with John. But how does that help things? Because then maybe she'd be up for getting an earlier train with you. <laughs> That'd be weird. She no, no one's up for getting out of bed twenty minutes earlier so they can catch the train with someone. They might yeah, as well but just to meet, avoid oh, John though. Meet, meet, get a different train, but then meet up. Try and just meeting up with her separately. Oh, it's too early for that, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, what do you, what do we do here? I think he just has to face facts that he can't be friends with either of them. He has to sacrifice his good friendship to save the feelings of John, and just not speak to either of them and get a different train. I can't see a solution. Well, there we go. There it oh, is then. There oh, it is. I'm so sorry. Yeah, there it is. Okay. There we go, Stuart. Time for the outro, and um, I always thank Man and the Echo for the backing music. Uh, and something exciting happened to me this week. Oh yeah, Joe Fush from Man and the Echo. He he sent me one of their new tracks. Oh, and it's great. Oh, brilliant! And he sent me a link to the album as well, which I haven't listened to yet, but I'm very excited to. Oh, brilliant! So new Man and the Echo music due out soon. Um, so thanks, to Man and the Echo this music you can hear now playing in the background also to Emily Harrison for the incidental music during the incident Vince Lynch and Simon Wilcox are our announcers and made our eye dents Patrick Gunning and Iwana Babu provided technical support Kim Rainey made our artwork and Carla Gowlett took the photos um, pencils that's, that saga will continue well, yeah. it's very exciting to saving up your money mm. for those pencils yeah yeah uh, if you already got loads of money and you don't need to save up and you're thinking, what shall I do with this other money that I've got? Mm. You can always support us on Patreon. Patreon.com stroke adrift. And if you have a quandary for Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic in Problematic, or if you have a story that you'd like to share with us, it's hello at adriftpodcast.com. It's, speaking of which, um, how, how do you take your coffee?
adrift. Podication time then. And this comes from Mitch, Mitch Ramsey, who says, Hey, Glap. Hey. Just wondering if it would be possible to have a podication read out on the 4th of February. Well, the 6th is a Wednesday. But let me tell you something, Mitch. We are reading this out on the 4th of February. Yeah, so we're doing both of those things. Um, It's my 20th birthday today, although I'm actually 48. 20 years that is since I last picked up a drink. You may remember me. I'm the proud owner of the title, and I quote Jeff here, of sending Jeff probably his best Twitter message ever. You know the one, Jeff, where I message you telling you that I play old and new podcasts of you and Annabelle whenever I'm up massaging my tummy, whenever I get a blockage due to my ileostomy. It can be quite a lonely and bloody painful time in the early hours so i lay on the bathroom floor curled up in fetal style quietly listening to the shows with my phone wedged under my ear i've had the bloody thing for over 20 years but i still forget not to eat certain foods i mean that is just wonderful isn't it i mean i I can't imagine a circumstance in which somebody is listening to this bed uh, this podcast which is better than that (laughs) and it's just really wonderful um Anyways, what a 20 years it's been. I've managed to squeeze in quite a lot, some good, some bad, but all in all, I consider them all important ingredients that have helped me being a bona fide drifter. Uh, I don't want to go on too much about how rock bottom I was, but suffice to say, uh, I'd lost so much that the only way to, uh, to the only way was to get sober. Within this time and leading up to it, I lost my wife as she didn't like the sober Boring bastard in brackets, Mitch. That's a reference to um, what somebody said to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I lost my house. I lost my bowel. Had it removed in Basildon Hospital, Annabelle. One oh, for you. Yeah. my mum worked there for years with Dr. Neveratnam. Oh. Yeah. wonder if she, uh, she had to... What was she doing there? She was a medical secretary. wonder if she had she to fill any... a surgeon. No, but I wonder <laughs> if she had to fill in any paperwork regarding Mitch's yeah. bowel. Yeah. It's possible, isn't it? Yeah. Um, oh, I lost my best mate to suicide. I lost my brother to Her Majesty's Pleasure. I lost my closest friends as well. And then I find out I have MS. Wow. Oh, that is a rough go of things, yeah, Mitch. Horrendous. And yeah, just awful. Um, I genuinely felt that I fell out of the unlucky tree and hit every branch on the way down. Then, as I think you can appreciate, Jeff, we reach a point where the last chance saloon is simply called sobriety. Abstinence, although tough at first, the hardest things, uh, other than dealing with creative responses to the undying questions that people seem to always ask. You don't drink. What, not even at Christmas? Or... But you still have the odd one, right? Uh, to any future drifters listening to this, it gets easier after the first of everything. First birthday, Christmas, New Year, wedding, funeral, barbecue, anniversaries, etc., etc., etc. Once you've reached the morning after with a clear head, it does feel good. That's fantastic advice, actually. Those firsts are really, really important. Um then I met my now wife, backpacked round Oz, New Zealand, etc., etc., had two wonderful kids, grew a successful company, completed the knowledge in three and a half years. I plan to drive the taxi when or if I ever retire, hence the badge stays in the safe, something my wife likes to remind me of, all the early morning sacrifices on my scooter before and after my day job and study time. Somebody told me recently... Um, so, you know, what what Mitch is talking about here is when people are training to be a London black cab driver, mm. they have to do this thing called the knowledge, which can take, I think, sort of two or three years at a minimum. You have to yeah, memorise yeah. all these routes around London. Anyway, somebody was telling me the other day that um, 
you can do a lot of this on YouTube now. So somebody goes around London on a scooter and, you know, does all these routes, all these little rat runs and shortcuts and, you know, oh, ways of getting... Oh, surely it's a... not the same, do you think? I well, know. I think it's not the same, but I think it's probably made it a bit easier. I think yeah, you yeah. probably do some combination of both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, wow. He says, or it'll probably be a Prius as the government will have done away with the trade by then. Oh, well. And generally uh, try and live most days to the full. I feel like the Uber thing is, <laughs> the spectre of the Uber thing has uh, just raised its head again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, what would I say, though? I really don't know how I thought alcohol would or could have had the slightest positive effect on someone who can be all over the emotional spectrum on a bad day. You see, that is exactly what I felt uh, in the end, and, and and especially with the benefit of hindsight. I thought somebody who is as up and down as me has no business um, mixing booze into that equation. And it is, I mean, it's been a literal lifesaver for me, as I think it has by the sounds of things for you here, Mitch. Um, Being teetotal isn't for everybody, um, but not everyone ends up trying to end their own life in one way or another. I genuinely feel that I wouldn't be the true, awkward, socially inept, sometimes inappropriate, always socially conscious drifter that I am today if I still drank. So to all my fellow drifters, here's to you all. Keep up the good work. Um, Mitch, that's an incredible story. And... I mean, you just had an awful time of things, mm. but it's really inspiring to know that you've done 20 years and, you know, you've got life together in such an impressive way, except for your social interactions. <laughs> uh, all the best. Regards, Mitch. Mitch, uh, thank you so much for sharing that story. Uh, something that comes up on the podcast from time to time and, and you know, people do email me about it from time to time. And as I said, I think last week or the week before, I wrote a tweet about it recently. Um, and it's just it's just always incredible and humbling to hear people's stories. So thank you for that. Congratulations. 20 years. What an achievement. Uh, so there we go. That's the latest edition of the podcast, podicated to Mitch Ramsey. And if you would like an episode of this podcast dedicated to you, email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. 
From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Discover.